It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. All right, for today's Locked on Reds. I have James Rapine, the man who used to host this podcast. He used to host Locked on Bengals. He went to Cleveland. He was doing his thing in Cleveland. And now he's coming back. And I'm going to have him talk a little bit more about this. But my first question to you on this is, is Francisco Lindor in the car with you? Or is he just packing his stuff and coming later on? Well, I mean, during this whole social distancing, the last thing I'm going to do <laughs> is let anyone in the car with me, Jeff. But I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. And uh, I will tell you this. I said it long before I was uh, Cincinnati bound again. I think the Reds should go get Francisco Lindor. It would cost a lot as far as assets go. But I think he's one of the players that is worth it. And assuming – and I know you probably weren't expecting this, but uh, assuming – that we do have a 2020 baseball season, yes. I absolutely would call the Indians before whatever trade deadline is in, a, in play and try to get a deal done. Absolutely. So if that's the case and the social distancing stuff is up, um, whether I'm in Cleveland or, or Cincinnati, I will uh, I will personally pick him up if that's what uh, <laughs> you, host of Locked On Reds, if that's what you want me to do, I can certainly do it. Yes, I love it. <laughs> oh, man. We're, we'll jump into that here in a little bit. But I do uh, just want to congratulate you because uh, I know that you've grown up a Bengals fan and, and getting to cover them, I'm sure, is just an absolute trip. So, uh, yeah, just uh, give us give us the rundown of what's going to be happening with you and Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about this opportunity uh, because in, in my past, I've certainly, as people know, and you mentioned, I've covered the Bengals, uh, you know, a Locked On Bengals podcast, worked for ESPN 1530, 700 WLW, did all, all of that fun stuff. But I, I think that this um, this will be kind of the first time where I can put all of my effort and all of my being into covering the team, right, where I, I don't have – and it's just part of the industry. As you work your way up, you wear many hats and you're seeing it now uh, because you work there, but you have to wear many hats and you have to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think this opportunity and the thing about it that I like the most is I, I will be able to put everything into giving fans the best Bengals coverage possible. And that's exciting to me. I like that type of challenge. So um, whether or not I, I accomplish that, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited for it. Like I said, the challenge of it and and b- being back in Cincinnati and being able to cover the Bengals, all of that obviously uh, is exciting as well. But the the way this is set up, uh, I think I'm in position to bring uh, s- some really good content, free content, 
um, on a daily basis where, you know, if you, you're thinking of, oh, what should I, I'm, I'm worried about the Bengals. Well, I want the latest on the Bengals. Well, you just go to allbengals.com, right? I, I, we even made it simple from a, a URL standpoint, right? It's, it's a, a Sports Illustrated website, but you don't need to go to si.com slash this or that. No, no, no. Allbengals.com nice. is where it's at. So it's real simple. Uh, and the other thing I like about it, Jeff, is the way the site is built. It's a community. So you can follow the site. You can post on the site if you're a fan. There's a community aspect to it um, where we can interact and go back and forth. And, and that part of it is exciting as well because uh, people that are familiar with me, I like Twitter, uh, you know, and I like going back and forth with people. So the fact that we can do it on the site at allbengals.com is exciting as well. So I, I'm happy, you know, and, and, and I'm really uh, – hell, we talked about it before we started recording. I'm really looking forward to – uh, really working here uh, over the next couple of weeks and, and bringing fans the best draft coverage possible. You're, you're coming in at a good time. I mean, they're not not to get too in depth because I don't want to step on our friends' toes over at Lockdown Bengals. I'm sure they're going to want to talk to you about this as well. So, uh, but it, but to, you know, to kind of wrap up the thought on that is like you, you're coming in at a really good time, and I, I'm sure. I'm trying to work on it, uh, try to get uh, naming rights or something like that, get like the John Ross update on Mo's show <laughs> every day or something like that. I don't know. Maybe you want to go with a different angle there. But, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're we're happy to have you back, dude. Yeah, I, no, I, I'm ecstatic. And, yeah, as far as, um, you, you know, just Bengals coverage, it, there's so many different angles with this team now. And I covered them. I started covering them, you know, being there at practice and training camp and being there week to week uh, in 2016. And that's kind of when things started to fall apart and the roster started to get old. And it, one thing led to another. And then Andrew Whitworth leaves and the, the offensive line draft doesn't play. It doesn't pan out the way they had hoped with a boy, Ian Fisher. And then you could just go on and on and on. So that was kind of the downturn. And, and now I'm coming in at, at this point. It's kind of the opposite. It, to me, it, it reminds me. Uh, I don't want to say 2011 because I, I think it's it's d much different when you're set to take a franchise passer with the first overall pick. Like no one ever thought Andy Dalton was the franchise savior. No one ever like that. That was never the case in 2011. Uh, that wasn't the case in 12 or 13. There was always the debate of whether he was a franchise quarterback or not. But there's the thought now that Burrow at minimum is a franchise quarterback and that he could be the savior. And, and we really haven't seen that since 2003 with Carson Palmer. And so it is extremely exciting. It's a really fun, fun time to come back into this. And I think what makes it even better, and there have been obviously a lot of criticism thrown at Mike Brown's way and at the organization. And while I understand it, while I've been one of those uh, to be critical of Mike Brown and the Bengals organization, they are, they do have self-awareness, even though people don't think so. And I think they knew, all right, hey, we have been now, we've earned because we weren't aggressive last year, because we've kind of fallen apart in recent years. We've earned this number one pick. Let's make the most of it. So they go out and they spend $120 million in free agency and 140 plus if you count AJ Green's franchise tag and a few other things. So they, uh, they were great. What they did so far leading into the draft has been a welcome surprise. And I think it shows that they're serious about winning. And uh, it, it's uh, a good site and it's an exciting time. And I'm like I said, I'm excited to cover it and, and bring fans uh, the best coverage possible. Allbangles.com is where he is now covering the Cincinnati Bengals. Not all my Bengals, right? Just all Bengals. 
All bang- yeah, all Bengals. <laughs> That's it. You know, all Bengals yeah, or, or, you know, SI.com. If you do the NFL tab slash Bengals, you know, all that, you can go either way. But at at all Bengals on Twitter um, is, is where you can find it as well. And then all Bengals.com. I, I figured that was the easiest way to remember it for fans, because the last thing you want is a really complicated URL. Wasn't there, there was, a, that's where I get that from. There was a, a soap opera called All My Children, wasn't there? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. A, that's exactly right. You probably watch that still, huh? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I tell you, we did a little uh, little cross-sport action there. Reds fans not expecting that. Hope you guys enjoyed that on your Monday. I do want to get your take, though, because I want to ask you something. During this whole safe in place stay at home thing you've been cooking a lot uh yeah a little bit uh, a little bit more especially now with this new role at sports illustrated um i won't be like going to the station physically i don't need to mm. uh, so i feel a little safer given the, the circumstances anyway so that's kind of a good thing it comes at a good time but yeah i, I think uh, i think we've cooked a, a little bit more and part of that is I like going to restaurants. Like I enjoy, mm-hmm. like like my wife and I enjoy going to restaurants. And so takeout's fine, but, and we still do that because you want to support local and all that stuff. Like we, we got food yesterday and today, you know, Saturday, Sunday, but it, it's, it's one of those things where if you're not sitting down, you're not getting that aspect of the experience. You might as well cook some of the time. So yeah, we've, uh, we've certainly cooked more recently. Exactly. And with the cooking, sometimes every now and then, uh, if you, if uh, your family is like my family, we get to the point where we just don't want to do dishes and we could do the takeout. But then sometimes we even feel a little bit more lazy and we're like, we don't even want to do takeout. We want some delivery. And you know what? There's a really great option out there for you. Have you tried Postmates? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Yes, yes, and that's <laughs> so. That's what we did on Saturday night. That's exactly, that's exactly what we did Saturday night. And we had, um, I had, so get this, I got, I got fat on it. I had 10 chicken wings, boneless. It came with fries and I got a burger, dude. I, I, I spent like 20 bucks on food for me. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> that's a, so, that, no, that's, a, that's a good order. I think the last time I, Last time I got delivery, we got it from uh, Jersey Mike's and I got a giant. So that's just, yeah, it's uh, uh Postmates is an awesome thing because it, it has all of or pretty much all of your local restaurants. I don't know what's not on there, but what's not on there is probably not worth being on there. I don't know uh, if people probably know what's not on there. I don't know. But I get, I mean, Jersey Mike's, Chipotle, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings and Rings, depending on where you got your wings, winter. Um, or. You know, there's Taco Bell, there's Skyline around here, there's probably some Cleveland thing on there in Postmates. I've only been to Cleveland like one time, so I don't really know. Yeah, there are Cleveland restaurants on Postmates. Come on now. Yeah. (laughs) But, But the best news is, if you haven't tried Postmates, you can go to Postmates and enter the promo code LOCKED ON. You'll get your first seven days of free delivery up to $100. And let me tell you what, if you rack up more than $100 in free delivery in seven days, I think you get in some kind of Hall of Fame. I don't know what Hall of Fame, but there's like a Hall of Fame out there that you'll make it in if you can order more than $100 in Postmates delivery in your first seven days and you enter the promo code Locked On in the Postmates app to get that deal. That's the Postmates app with promo code Locked On. 
You're coming from an interesting situation, and from an outsider's perspective who watches the game, who, who has seen what the Indians have done over the last couple of seasons, and just kind of the whole optics that they had these last couple of years, kind of pivoting to that, the, the thought from Reds fans has been over this last offseason that the Indians were kind of in a place now where you could almost coax not not for cheap, right? But obviously, like you said, to you know spend and you know send the draft pick or not the draft, send the prospects to the Indians to get Francisco Lindor, and that they were in the place to kind of do this now because they've traded away Corey Kluber and Trevor Bauer, and yeah, they got back Fran Mil Reyes, but I don't think Fran Mil Reyes really signifies that they're really going hard for it this year. Would you almost expect the Indians to kind of be in sell-off mode? Maybe not to tear everything down and completely rebuild, but at least selling off parts by the whatever trade deadline we might have this year? No, no. I see. I wouldn't go that far because I, I would make the argument the Indians don't have a better roster than the Reds. Like, okay. you know, so okay. like, no, and I'm not trying to be mean there. And people are going to be like, all right, are you serious? <laughs> no. Well, they, the Indians won 93 games last year. So let's take a deep breath. Um, yeah, I, I think that they, they're going to trade Francisco Lindor at some point because of the financial aspect of it, but that does not mean they're rebuilding, right? They traded Trevor Bauer, not because, uh, they, they were rebuilding. It was because of the money that, that they were going to have to pay him next year, which is what the Reds are doing this year, 17 plus million dollars. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was his final year before hitting free agency. And they said, all right, well, we know we're not going to keep him long-term. Let's go get pieces for him. And and I thought that they, I, I liked it for the Reds. And I said that at the time on, on your podcast, I believe, and, and in mm-hmm. multiple places. But I, I liked it most for the Indians because they got multiple pieces to help them try to win last year in 2019. And it did. Puig was a, a contributor. Fran Mil Reyes was a contributor. But now you have a guy in Fran Mil Reyes who was having a great spring, had lost weight, probably was going to hit. Dude, I bet he was going to hit 40 Maybe like I wouldn't have been shocked if he led the major leagues in home runs with 50. He looked like a young Nelson Cruz, to be honest with you. Yeah, he was looking good. So I I, I don't want to say they're rebuilding because that's a a dangerous word. And I I think what the Indians are doing is let's think back to, to the Reds. The last time the Reds were consistently good and had their run from 2010 to 2013. Well, the Reds held on too long to some of those guys, and they didn't trade them when they should have, um, and there were certain ones they couldn't pay and different things like that, and, and then they took pennies on the dollar for certain players, and then suddenly they're in full rebuild mode. Well, what the Indians are doing is they're trying to get younger on the fly because it's a similar market because there are budget restraints in Cleveland. That's just the the way they look at it, the way ownership views it, even though I've been critical of that aspect of them, uh, mm-hmm. at least to a degree. Um, so they want to avoid the 68-win seasons, right? So if it means right. a, an 85-win season instead of a 92-win season uh, to avoid the, the the bottoming out, they'll do that. And so I think that's part of it. And then the other part is Francisco Lindor, they're just not going to be able to pay him. And so if mm-hmm. they can get a decent amount for him, top prospects, contributors right away and down the line, players that they like now and later – I think they would uh, they would be willing to do it, but that that's the case, and that's the thing. And I, I can tell you um, that the Reds, from what I heard, certainly did inquire, and they were 
I'll say turned off by what the asking price was because it was a pretty high asking price for Francisco Lindor. Will it come down? Maybe, but uh, I think that price is pretty high. At least it was in the off season. I believe I, I could see that being like almost the Indians being like, yeah, let's start with Luis Castillo and then uh, we'll talk further from there. And I bet that's when Dick Williams and them were like, yeah, we're going to hang up the phone now. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, I, if, if I'm Dick Williams, I, I don't blame him there. Right. You don't want to give up Luis Castillo mm. at the same time. You have to be willing to come off of a Nick Senzel, a Hunter Green. You have to be willing to come up, uh, come off of some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lodolo, right? Like, like high-end prospects um, that that could be the the difference between getting a deal done and not getting a deal done. Because I, I see some of these packages that Reds fans are sent me, and it's like uh, Jesse Winker and Senzel. Well, that's, that's just, it's not enough. Like Nick Senzel has a ton of question marks and are we sure, like, I don't even know if Jesse Winker would start for the Indians. I'm not trying to be mean to Jesse Winker. He's fine, but I I just, I don't know. Like, I I think I'd rather have friend Reyes' power and below average defense than than a guy who just gets on base a little bit more. So I, I, uh, I think it would cost a lot, but again, I think it's worth it, especially with the moves the Reds have made. Now's your window. Like Dick Williams knows He's not going to get five more years at this if he keeps losing. He's got to go for it. So the the last thing, I mean, think back to the Griffey trade. It didn't work, but I don't know one person that really regrets or says that the Reds made a mistake by trading for Ken Griffey Jr. You know, they might have made a mistake for not putting pitching around him and not making sure he was doing the right things to take care of his body. And he started to break down. But, you know, when you go for it. Fans are rarely, as long as it's calculated in, in the right time, and I think it is for theirs, when you go for it, fans rarely rip you if it doesn't work out. They're frustrated when you don't go all in or when you're not aggressive, when you're not trying to win. And clearly, Dick Williams and the Reds are trying to win in 2020. That's one thing. It's like, yeah, if you look back on it and you're like, no one less than at least five beers deep is saying, you know what, I really wish we would have had Mike Cameron back. Like, don't, don't get me wrong, he was talented, but yeah, no one, no one's saying that. And I don't think that, you know, if you get a trade together and he, look, Nixon Zell's a great kid and I appreciate everything that he has done, but yeah, if you can put together a package that includes him and you bring back a top five player in Major League Baseball, there's not, I mean, there's very few guys on the roster that I would hate to lose for that trade. I mean, we, we could, we could do a lot of what ifs on that. Let's go back a couple of years ago, right? let's say right now, who would you rather have Nick Senzel, Hunter Green, right? That package, which is two top prospects in the Reds organization two years ago, Mm -hmm. or uh, Christian Yelich. I mean, come on. (laughs) But that's that's the reality. Like that's that's the reality. That's what we're talking about. And especially now fast forward a couple of years, the Reds are in win now mode. This isn't, this isn't rebuild mode. This is win now mode. So it, it, it even makes more sense, even though it's a year, plus of control and here's the other thing are we sure the reds wouldn't be able to pay francisco lindor are, are we sure i, I think i'm not they sure could. exactly I, I i agree there i i think that in this this front office that has clearly shown that it is ready to do things differently both with the way that they acquire people and the way that they get rid of people that they don't feel are helping the team. I sent out a goofy tweet earlier on Sunday talking about, yeah, remember when Matt Kemp was a red? Uh, if you don't, that's <laughs> that's a, that's understandable. But um, <laughs> they just, you know, they they evaluate players. I think they have finally caught up with the way that 
the successful teams do it. And obviously, we're, we got to wait for the product to actually get on the field to really test that hypothesis. But I'm feeling pretty strong that Dick Williams and Nick Crawl and and the and you know Kyle Bodie and Derek Johnson and just all of these people that they've brought in to build this organization up are the type of people that can really keep it going. We're going to stop right here today, though. On tomorrow's episode, I'm going to continue my talk with James. We're going to look at some rumored remedies for to you know get baseball back going. Also going to talk about mine and his favorite teams of the past because it's the same Reds team that we're going to look at and that's all going to be on tomorrow's episode. Best way to make sure that you don't miss tomorrow's episode is to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. We'll get to some of those here later on this week. Thanks again so much for listening to today's Locked On Reds. My name is Jeff Carr, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.